lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre, and you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. You can look for me as well on MeWe Parlor Gab and Getter. And then you can look at clips of the show that are free to watch and also free of big tech censorship when you go over to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. We have a, a typical Tuesday show lined up for you, albeit covering very atypical times. Uh, I, I know I gave you guys originally a plan to review the Batman for Pop Culture Tuesday. I am calling an audible on that. We're going to wait a week, give you guys a chance to see the movie first if you want before we discuss it. Uh, and more of the audience a chance to see it before we discuss it. And I think I want to see it a second time before we discuss it. Just, you know, yesterday I was in a mood waking up to the March snow and everything else going on in the world. About an hour before I went and saw the Batman is when I had just completed watching for the first time that high wire interview with World Health Organization whistleblower Tess Lorre that we featured for the second hour on yesterday's show. And let's just say I was not in much of an escapist mood. So my review is not as glowing as what you're seeing in many other places out there. Maybe it could be very well the mindset that I was in going into the film. So I think I want to see it one more time. Okay. Plus a very interesting piece of information was just published from a pop culture perspective. It was passed along to me by a friend of mine. The most controversial movies in the history of Hollywood. And wait until you see what number one is. All right, this is going to blow your mind. And it's, this is from a mainstream movie blog, okay? So I, I got to get you guys' reaction to that in real time coming up here when we get to Pop Culture Tuesday a little bit later on. For fake news or not, uh, next hour, uh, I'm really proud um, for the the partnership and the association we have with a company like Blaze Media. Uh, Blaze Media um, put in the effort, resources for a freedom of information action to find out why is it that like no one in the media will publish or pursue. And when we say the media, we're not talking just corporate media but very few within, quote-unquote, <clears throat> conservative media uh, will do the same uh, in terms of these jabs. I, I, would, I would guess we have the largest media outlet in the country that has been willing to challenge the narrative on these jabs from the very beginning, whether it's me, whether it's Daniel, it's... Uh, Stephen Crowder, it's several other entities here on uh, within Blaze Media. Why? Well, we got the answer. They all got bought off by the state. And we're going to share that information with you and discuss it coming up uh, in the second hour of the show for fake news or not. 
At the bottom of the hour, we are going to get updated on one of those things that's a controversy in a red state like Tennessee that should not be a controversy in a red state like Tennessee. One of their state reps will join us to talk about it here coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by gas. The United States has surpassed its record for the average price of gasoline. The average price per gallon this morning was 4.104, surpassing the previous record set in 2008 of 4.103. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says... The president's message is that he is going to do everything we can, everything he can, to reduce the impact on the American people, including uh, the price of gas at the tank. According to numerous reports, the U.S. is set to end all imports of oil from Russia. Rear Admiral Buttigieg says if you can't afford gas in the coming months, he's got a solution for you. Clean transportation can bring significant cost savings for the American people as well. Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Kamala Harris also has some words of wisdom, too. We have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. In Ukraine, it appears Ukrainian leadership may be entertaining the possibility of concessions to Russia if it means ending the war. President Zelensky spoke this morning nodding to the possibility of a compromise on separatist territories in eastern Ukraine. A new Quinnipiac poll surveyed how Americans would react if the country was invaded. Majority overall said they would stay and fight at 55 percent. 68 percent of Republicans say they would stay and fight, while 52 percent of Democrats said they would flee the country. In Florida, lawmakers there are close to passing a bill that would ban teachers from revealing their sexual preferences to seven-year-olds and younger. A reporter asked Governor Ron DeSantis about the matter yesterday. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says. It's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. Members of the Florida Senate fulfilled every single right-wing stereotype of the rainbow jihad in their support of the bill. Checking in on the head of the American Conservative Union, the head organizer of CPAC, Matt Schlapp, who tweeted last night, No matter what one thinks of Leah's ability to swim with women, her story deserves our compassion. It will be interesting to hear Leah's point of view in 30 years. Schlapp is referring to the University of Pennsylvania dude who feels pretty competing against females. According to a bombshell report by Chris Pandolfo here at The Blaze, Fox News and Newsmax were among hundreds of digital and legacy media outlets who blurred the lines between advertising and news reporting after those two companies took money from the federal government to promote the COVID jabs. Around $1 billion were spent by the Department of Health and Human Services as part of a quote-unquote 
comprehensive media strategy to push the vaccines. In completely unrelated news, here's a follow the science and trust the experts update courtesy of CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. I can tell you where I was when the CNN feed came that it was 95% effective on the vaccine. So many of us wanted to be hopeful. So many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out, right? Now we're done. Um, so I think we had perhaps too little caution and too much optimism. I have frequently said, um, you know, we're going to lead with the science. Science is going to be the foundation of everything we do. That is entirely true. I think public heard that as science is foolproof. Science is black and white. Science is immediate and we get the answer and then we, you know, make the decision based on the answer. And the truth is, science is gray. And science is not always immediate. And it, sometimes it takes months and years to actually find out the answer. But you have to make you know, decisions in a pandemic before you have that answer. A new Investor's Business Daily Post State of the Union poll, rated A-plus at 538, finds Joe Biden underwater by 26 points in his approval rating. 27% approved to 53% disapproving. He's underwater by 30 points in his handling of the economy. 23% approved to 53% disapproving. And finally, here's Donald Trump's address to the United Nations from a few years ago. Reliance on a single foreign supplier can leave a nation vulnerable to extortion and intimidation. That is why we congratulate European states such as Poland for leading the construction of a Baltic pipeline so that nations are not dependent on Russia to meet their energy needs. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. And that's what happened while we were away. Coming up in the overtime today, we are going to discuss something I posted on Twitter earlier this morning. That I think Ron DeSantis has achieved the greatest domestic political feat of my lifetime. He barely won election. The state of Florida nearly voted four years ago for a guy who literally did cocaine off a gay hooker's ass. I mean, literally, like literally, that's not a lie. He literally did cocaine off a gay hooker's ass, literally. And in less than four years, DeSantis has turned that same state redder than Texas. And he did it during a pandemic. And he did it with policies that often defied what was coming from on high within his own party in the White House at the time. I don't know how you could argue anything other than this is the greatest domestic political achievement of my lifetime. But we will discuss and debate here during the overtime later today, which you will be able to watch when you go to blazetv.com slash dace later today. We will record it for you as a subscriber right after today's program, and then it will be posted right there for you at blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you would like to become one, uh, that's also where you can go to get a discounted subscription today at blazetv.com slash dace. We are, if you just watch that montage, we are in big trouble and bigger trouble could be coming. That's why I make sure the next time they tell you it couldn't happen here, happens here. You are prepared with a three-month emergency food kit from our friends at My Patriot Supply. They are the nation's largest emergency 
preparedness company. They specialize in long-term food storage. Uh, their food storage plan can stay fresh for up to 25 years. With proper storage, uh, you get three meals a day, snacks, drinks for you and everyone in your household. You can save 150 bucks on that right now and get free shipping for 2,000 calories a day for you and everyone in your household to know that should it go down, you are prepared. All right? Save the 150 bucks. Get the free shipping today at preparewithdace.com. That is preparewithdace.com. I want to... I want to set a, I just want to set a scene here. All right. Here's where we are. Just a few minutes ago, the president announced a, a Russia oil embargo. Now, if you were serious about truly harming Russia for its invasion of Ukraine, then you should have led with this. But this is only half of the battle. Because we are not going to ramp up our domestic production. When the Biden White House tells you that there's the Keystone Pipeline wouldn't do anything because of how far away it is from completion, it wouldn't do anything uh, to stymie the the expansive explosive growth of of oil and it's not just the cost of gas folks there's over 6000 products in the world that are petro based this is the most in, uh, important valuable substance on this planet so it's not just gas but let's just stick with the gas the products that you buy that we buy they don't get transporter beamed from the producer to the distributor. How does that, how does it get from, how do your Nike shoes get from the preteen in Bangladesh making three cents an hour to the Nike outlet store for 250 bucks a pair at your suburb? How does it get there? They don't, they don't beam them. Stephen Colbert says they're all personally delivered by Tesla's. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, by the way, a Tesla isn't like on the low end. Aren't those like fifty thousand yes, dollar vehicles yeah. on the low end? Okay, I mean, do you know how many families in America have a median household income for a year that's above fifty thousand? It's it's more than any other country in the world, but it's probably not as many as you think. It's some. I think it's only like twenty percent of Americans have a median household income that's like over seventy five grand a year. So, if we just if we even didn't address the other. 6,000 products that are petro-based. And we just went with the gas. It's not even what it costs for you to go to the pump. It's what it costs everybody else to go to the pump to get you the products that you want everywhere else in the store. So they're correct when they say that the Keystone Pipeline can do nothing right now to help us alleviate that. But that's not the full context. The reason that it can't do anything to help us is because they canceled it. That's why. This is a little bit like a child who destroys his bedroom and then comes to you and says, you know, the whole house is a mess. Just cleaning up my particular room won't make much of a difference. He's correct about that, right? Mm -hmm. But um, he still is the one that is responsible for making his room the Mm -hmm. singular mess. Yeah. So 
they won't do any other domestic oil production because this is a political party that is caught between, they're not dumb, this is not stupidity. It's foolishness, and there is a difference. Stupidity is not being able to understand things. Foolishness is, is understanding the wrong things. See what I'm saying? You're just stupid because you cannot be taught. It, it, it's beyond your grasp, basic facts, common sense. Foolishness is you, be, you, you, you are smart, but demand to believe things that aren't true. Idolatry makes fools of us all. Is that like marching through the halls of a legislature just yelling gay, gay, yes. gay, gay, gay yeah, all yeah, over Yeah, that's him? an example of idolatry. You just look foolish. Yes. And, and, and you chant a word repeatedly that's actually not even in this bill. So he is caught between the base of his party that thinks the way Stephen Colbert does. Well, we can just you know buy electric cars and Teslas. And it's good to have this oil crisis because it will now drive us into the green utopia that we have, um, we have been demanding and have been calling for for decades. And then he's caught between that and the political realities that most Americans can't afford that technology. And it will do nothing for our supply chain and the increased cost and inflation for that. Nothing. Won't do anything for it. So they're trying to split the baby in half. They will try to honor their base by not drilling here. But then, because of the political realities, we're not, we're not just going to not have, we're not just going to take an L with the Russian oil embargo. We're not just going to say, oh, I guess we just won't replace that. No, they're, they're going to try to replace that. Do you want to know how they're going to try to replace it if it's not going to be replaced domestically? They're going to give the money to Maduro in Venezuela and Khomeini in Iran instead. That's what they're going to do. They, they actually are going to commit an action that makes us strategically more vulnerable than we already were to Russian oil. That's what they're going to do. They're going to buy off arguably the worst totalitarian regime in our hemisphere and then arguably the worst totalitarian regime in the world. Because unlike China, it doesn't really want modernity. So it can't even be assuaded economically. But, I mean, they, they're trying to bring a, about, you know, an Islamic apocalypse. That, that's the plan. And I'm speaking in very measured tones because I, I want us to clinically understand what's happening here. Because it doesn't require really any passion or emotion the circumstances and the facts speak for themselves. And then you have the opposition to this. And so this is all 
deeply unpopular with the American people. They don't like weakness. Right? If, there's, if there's one thing that is ideolo- still unifying ideologically, with the exception of just outright Marxists, the vast majority of Americans don't like seeing the country look weak. And that explains why their pivot from Afghanistan was to go to jab mandates to look tough and look strong and try to bring back some of their own base and blame it on those pesky Trump voting conservatives that won't take their poison, right? That was why they had to pivot off Afghanistan because they were hemorrhaging even their own support for looking weak. With this Investor's Business Daily poll shows, it's the first one I've seen taken fully after the State of the Union, is that he he just looks weak. That's 27% approval from what the system, that's 538, that's corporate media, says is one of the best polls in the industry. Investor's Business Daily, A-plus pollster. I'm sorry, 27%. I gave him an extra point of support. It's not 28, it's 27. And then there's the opposition. Last week, a conference was held in Florida called CPAC. You ever wondered why there's no LPAC conference for Democrats? You ever wondered that? There's like no LPAC conference. Because they, they, they have a pack to drive their agenda. It's called their political party. We don't. So we have to have a conference that pretends it is doing that. Matt Schlapp is the head of that conference. And he's out there advocating and perpetuating one of the worst and most destructive narratives in the history of Western civilization. Gender dysphoria, mental illness. And, you know, I could see why you might, on first reading, think, hey, I completely believe Leah Thomas needs some empathy, needs some help. He's mentally ill. Except when you turn around and then use his preferred pronouns to affirm his mental illness, I'm guessing that's probably not what you meant by that. Fair? Fair. Fair. The best we could say is Matt Schlapp is really bad at this. So bad that he has no business being in this business. That's the best we could say. The best we could say is he sucks. The worst we could say is controlled opposition. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. And now we can retire it once and for all. We now know why I've never been invited to speak at CPAC. Asked and answered your honor, that meme may now be retired. You should play taps, I think. I think it is retired. (laughs) So, I mean, here we are. We are trapped really we have an administration that is intentionally managing and implementing a societal decay and then at the same time we don't really have outside of a few names and a few exceptions, we don't really have a uniform 
platform in opposition to that. We, we, we have a platform that will claim to manage the decay better. We're in big trouble. And I would, I would urge you to pray for your country more than you have ever done so in the past. Gentlemen, your thoughts. It's remarkable. Not that, you know, we've had eyes to see about this during COVID, even before COVID because of gender, but still nonetheless, to to know that you came out of something like COVID and to not be galvanized, united, inspired as a people because of it. I mean, this this is the kind of thing that, biblically speaking, would have dropped the culture to its knees, reaffirming uh, itself as sinners in need of a mighty God. And yet we are doing the exact opposite after COVID. Thus, it is really important to understand the signs of the times, to know what time it is. And like I said, I, there is you, you are committing suicide. Quickly, slowly, I don't know, but you are committing suicide by racing back to normal as quick as you can. Normal sucked. It's what got us here. I think it's fair to say on the Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine issue, it's not a Ukraine issue. That's that's clear now. That's a lot of other things. It's not, it has nothing to do with Ukraine or very little to do with saving the freedom fighters in Ukraine. We, we know that now it's been established. It's fair to say on the Ukraine issue, there are a lot of us in, um, well, significantly, significantly more of us in conservative media who smelled a rat right away. This time with this issue than on coronavirus. Is that fair? I think that's pretty fair. I'm seeing a more united front than I did with coronavirus. I'm not sure, though, about, I'm not sure, though, about the, the, rest, of, um, the rest of the country. When I see Elijah Schaefer here on, on Blaze TV, he put out a tweet last night, name some conservative media figures who got coronavirus right but the Ukraine issue wrong. And I went and looked at the replies just to see and some of the typical names you might expect. It seemed like it was, I don't know if these are trolls or if they're real, real people. So many people were saying, well, you got this, you, you got this issue wrong. It's you. I'm not sure how many who even even at the beginning, near the beginning, smelled a rat with COVID are totally bought into this. Yeah, we need to go to war over over Russia. It's just the sheep's clothing is coming off in so many places right now. It really is. That's illuminating, simultaneously disheartening. Because the people who think they rule over you, now with Trump out of the way and gone, they assume that they're just going to be able to roll over you again. I don't want them to be right. I fear they are. 
But at the end of the day, last year our theme was the answer is us. This year the theme is let's find out. Are we really ready and willing to do that? I think the people who are are in the scant minority, and a lot of them are probably in this audience. I pray that they are. Because as I was just from an anecdotal level, I could name, I could probably list on one hand, and I'm not joking, the number of people I know or knew personally from my private Christian college who are not totally and on a, a, a seemingly irrevocably, I know that's not true, but seemingly irrevocably simps for the spirit of the age, just anecdotally. I was talking to, with one of my buddies, one of the few who has not given himself over to that the other day, and he said the same thing. Anecdotally, and then on a macro level, we appear to be going to a very, very dark place, as if, as if where we were wasn't dark to begin with. We'll come back. One town, its mayor and its state rep in Tennessee is trying to fight back against this. We'll tell you that story here when we return. The truth. Straight. No chaser. Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. got a nice note from someone who said hey we made the switch over uh to patriot mobile finally at you guys suggestion and similar story to yours steve uh, we put it off for a long time thought it would be a big hassle and it didn't turn out to be a big hassle we're even saving about 60 bucks a month uh for just as good a coverage as we were getting before and now we're not knowingly funding our enemies when there is another option and 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 that's good to hear and, and especially because we're not always going to have these options I mean, the reality is that the, the corporate America that used to exist doesn't any longer. So the idea that you're always in, going to be able to avoid doing business with people that, that don't agree with you, is, I suppose you can, you'll just live a very Spartan and limited existence. And hey, if that's you, man, I admire your convictions. I'm not, I'm just... I'm not as committed as you are. I can't get there, okay? I'm too uglo American, okay? But there is something that we all have to use in order to thrive in a modern America, and that's a mobile phone. So that is one place where absolutely all of us, even if you are ugly Americano such as me, or you are off the grid and yet still somehow plugging in digitally to watch or listen to this show where Big Brother is watching. But you're off the grid. Uh, whichever the case may be, um, make sure you make the switch now to Patriot Mobile. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you make the switch. They'll give you even bigger discounts as a way of saying thank you for your service. For everybody else, they've got deals going on all the time right now. Get a free activation with the offer code Steve, my first name. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Jason Zachary 
is a state representative in the state of Tennessee. We want to welcome him to the program here today. Jason, it's good to have you with us, brother. How are you? I'm great, Steve, man. Thanks for having me on. You bet. And I understand you're a fan of the show, so we appreciate that as well, man. So tell us about the district that you represent. Sure. I represent District 14, which is deep west Knox County. It's one of the most conservative counties in Knox. It's one of the most conservative districts districts in Knox County. Uh, we've had a Republican since the Civil War. Our congressional district, similar. Uh, we've had uh, Republican representation as far back as we can remember. Uh, some of your viewers may know our mayor, Mayor Glenn Jacobs uh, of Knox County. Uh, some of your viewers may know him better as a, a WD, WWE Hall of Famer Kane. Uh, he is our county mayor. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yep. 65% of the vote. And then I represent a county that was with Trump roughly 62 to 64%. So it's an extremely conservative area. So then you guys are living in a, in a red Haven Nirvana there then, correct? You would, you would think so, Steve, but unfortunately uh, we have been living, the students of Knox County, the 60,000 students in Knox County, have been living under a federal judge's order to mask since September. Uh, we have an extremely conservative school board. They voted twice uh, against masking. Our governor, Governor Lee, had a standing executive order that allowed for any student to opt out of a mask mandate from Memphis to Mountain City throughout our entire state. And so we had a federal judge come in and uh, not only did he uh, strike down what had been done by our elected officials, he then came in, legislated from the bench. We've experienced judicial activism and overreach like most people in the country haven't experienced, even with this pandemic. So he came in and said, no, your students will mask with no exemptions. And then he struck down the governor's executive order. Uh, our law department in Knox County made some efforts. Uh, the, the attorney general made efforts. But unfortunately, it, it, the judiciary system is so broken. This federal judge is ruling our county as a dictator. He has stripped every parent of their First Amendment right to petition government for a redress of grievances. And he's literally holding our county hostage. And so Mayor Jacobs and I spearheaded an effort. We, uh, we obtained uh, representation through the Dillon Group. It's taken five months. Uh, but we finally obtained representation through the Dillon Group. Some of your viewer, viewers will recognize that name. They represented the Daily Wire against OSHA. Uh, they've also taken on Gavin Newsom, won multiple cases in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, we finally obtained uh, their representation. Both Mayor Jacobs and I each put $5,000 in and on behalf of our community. And so now we're raising money and the Dillon Group has taken the steps necessary. They've already filed the complaint. They filed a suit and uh, that that uh, the suit has already been filed. And so the plaintiffs have two weeks to respond to that. So while we're <laughs> for most 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 outside perception, we would be considered a conservative nirvana. But unfortunately, uh, we have been targeted uh, by law firm plaintiffs. Hey, Stephen, it's important to know, too, that the mayor has been very, uh, very uh, outspoken about this on Twitter democracy forward out of Washington, D.C. Your, your viewers can go to their Twitter account. They have actually been tweeting and talking about the support and their engagement in this effort in Knox County. So, man, to use one of your words, there is something nefarious behind all this, and Knox County is the target. And so we're fighting back. It's taken some time to find representation, uh, but we're fighting back against this federal judge and hoping to have this order uh, struck down as soon as possible. So, so Jason, what would happen? How, how would this judge enforce his order if you guys just refused to follow it? How would he enforce great, it? Would he call in? Would he would he call in the sergeant of arms? Would he 
we call in the United Federation of Planets, um, uh, the uh, the uh, the Sith Empire. I mean, who who would what 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 enforcement mechanism would he declare uh, to impose its will, a coercive coercive will against your community? If you guys had just been telling him for the last few months, that's a nice blog, bro. Cool story, bro. Uh, but that's going to be a no from us, dog. Yeah, no, and that's that's exactly right, Steve. There is no enforcement mechanism. Fortunately, I represent the U.S. Marshal for the East Tennessee area. I even called him and talked to the U.S. Marshal about what steps could be taken by a federal judge. A federal judge can hold you in contempt, but there's literally no other steps he could take. He can order a federal marshal to go in and uh, and arrest or serve that contempt serve that contempt uh, order mm-hmm. that comes down. But but that was my that's been my response to our superintendent. But then why wouldn't you couldn't why couldn't your own sheriff just say we won't allow that U.S. marshal in our in our community to do that? This is the our, sovereign community of Knox. So try that somewhere else. Unfortunately, Steve, our sheriff, Sheriff Spangler, he did just that. He actually did that with Joe Biden as well. He wrote a letter to him saying he would not enforce uh, any mandates from the uh, federal government. And Mayor Jacobs, he was the only he's the only county mayor that we know of in the country. He wrote a letter to Joe Biden and said, we will not abide by your mandates. He, re- he he based it on the constitutional overstep and overreach of the federal government and said, we will not enforce and I will not allow it to be enforced in Knox County. So many of our Knox County officials were um, were saying that. But unfortunately, we have an anomaly in Knox County where we have an elected law director. So unfortunately, the mayor's council, the school board council is elected. So they're not accountable to the mayor or the school board. They're accountable to the people, and they have not done a good job, to put it mildly. They have not done a good job in representing our county and providing counsel to our county. And they have – talked, I've talked to multiple principals. They've got these principals so scared that they're going to be taken off in orange jumpsuits and that they're going to be held in contempt. And so from a teacher's or principal's perspective, they're listening to the law director. But yet I've talked to Heritage. I've talked to ADF. I've talked to multiple attorneys around the country. Glenn Reynolds, who's one of the few conservative uh, law professors, constitutional law professors at the University of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And over and over and over again, uh, they have talked about the judicial overreach that the that Article three is clear, establishing the bounds for the judiciary. Uh, Congress establishes the lower courts. Congress would have never, ever given this kind of power to a federal judge. Our founders would have never given, given this kind of power to a federal judge to be able to step in and rule a county with no accountability and no recourse. There's literally nothing that can be done against this federal judge other than ignore his order. And unfortunately, um, the boldness needed from um, the boldness needed within us, our Knox County schools has not been there on behalf of the kids and behalf of or the behalf of the, or the parents themselves. I mean, what, what's stopping what's stopping a bunch of parents who thought they were voting for Trump to save America? That's a that's a super majority of your county from the demographics you shared with us. Right. They could just sit there and say, hey, we're going to send all of our kids to school tomorrow without a mask. What are you going to do about it? And that was tried initially. And they, uh, the school system then put those children in isolation. Man, the things that went on were very unsettling here. And so just like in many other things, there just ended up being a compliance. When uh, the mayor and I were discussing noncompliance, stay engaged. Don't, don't take 
don't take what is being done to strip you of your your children of their liberty and strip into their constitutional rights and their bodily autonomy. I mean, literally the masking, the vaccine, Steve, all of this. I mean, it's stripping us of our bodily autonomy, which ultimately strips us of our personal liberty, mm-hmm. which is ultimately the goal of this whole thing. It's all about coercion and control. And so, again, I mean, it, it makes it a challenge when you've just got a couple of voices in a county pushing back on on um, on a narrative that's coming from the law department, that's coming from the media. It, even in our conservative county, it makes it challenging. This has been this has been one of the most challenging things in the four terms that I've served. One of the most challenging things we've walked through is this mask mandate. Because again, in Tennessee, we kind of like you've talked about with Governor Reynolds in uh, Iowa, we were one of the first states to, to kind of reopen. We never had a full shutdown. April 27th of 2020, everything was wide open. Knox County, the mayor led with personal liberty in mind. We never had any closures in, in uh, Knox County of any consequence. And so for the most part, Red Knox County, you haven't seen any pandemic effect other than in the blue city of Knoxville. There's been some. But for this to happen in September of 21, it's again goes back to the nefariousness of this and the targeting of Knox County. When, again, our elected school board has has voted twice and our governor had had a standing executive order. And our county is the one out of all the counties in the southeast red counties that's been targeted. And uh, it's been man, it's been challenging. So I know you guys. Um, you mentioned that you and uh, and and the mayor have each put in uh, a not insignificant amount of money uh, yourselves into the effort uh, to to fund this legal challenge against this federal judge. Correct? You talked about that a minute ago. So yes, here's a question that I have, and and what what I found interesting. There, there are two things I found interesting about you guys' situation, Jason. When I heard about it, one is the demographics and location where you live, as we've just discussed. But the other is, I, I'm I'm curious to know, what are the grounds by which th- that you guys want to challenge this? So if, I'll give you an example. Uh, here in my, even as free as our state has been, and, and we featured a former state senator on our show a few weeks ago that I've known for many years, and the State Board of Health is now trying to come after him after the fact because he prescribed ivermectin and other protocols that work to treat patients. I'm I'm actually not pressuring our governor or people I know to have them not come after him. I want them to come after him. I want the hearing. I want the evidence to come out. You see what I'm trying to say? Okay. Yep. That that I, I I want to beat them on the merits of this. All right. I want Mount Carmel. You bring your profits, I'll bring mine and let's 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 let everybody see what the truth is. Are you guys fighting this on the grounds of it's a clear violation of constitutional authority alone? Or is your law firm willing to fight this on the merits that the masks don't even pass any form of a lemon test? As your mayor just got censored on Twitter for saying, I understand. Because to me, if it's the latter, I'm much more interested in a platform that will do that. That that the the the, the longstanding damage here is they got to impose not just draconian unconstitutional policies, brother. But without any form of lemon test at their at, at their uh, you know capability that th- that these things pass any muster of efficacy or or success on any level whatsoever, as long as we allow that capricious precedent to stand, they'll just try this with other efforts in the future. Yeah, that's exactly right, and I and I say this with all sincerity, Steve. Your show has really been a catalyst in helping us 
move this forward. And I say that because, uh, man, this may have been months ago, you had Kyle Lamb on. Well, I began to follow him on Twitter, began to watch him. When we began to walk through some of this, I started reaching out to any and everybody I can think of uh, through social media. And Kyle was good enough to respond, end up getting his text. Kyle phone. works for Governor DeSantis, for those that don't that's, remember the name. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yep. That's right. No, you're good. Uh, but Kyle and Governor DeSantis's office have played a role in some of the great things that have gone on here in Tennessee. I passed, I may get to your question, but I passed a bill last week related to the CMS mandate requiring every exemption that was submitted, medical or religious, be uh, granted uh, related to the CMS mandate. Man, Kyle was instrumental in that. That was through your show. But Dr. Dr. McCarry, Dr. Ben Recht, some of these guys that I had heard you mention over the last couple of months, Dr. Ben Recht, I ended up reaching out to Kyle who got to Dr. Bhattacharya, who then recommended Ben Reck. He submitted an affidavit to go with our uh, lawsuit, just talking about the crap of masks, how they're ineffective, how they don't work. Uh, Dr. Cody Messner out of Taft in Boston, uh, I was able to have conversations with him. We actually had some experts, Dr. Macari, we actually uh, did an email exchange. We actually have those affidavits. So not only are we going with the constitutional grounds and the constitutional argument, but man, we're hitting them with affidavits from some of the experts around the country talking about the emotional, intellectual, and physical harm that can be quantified. Uh, Some of the guys at Rational Ground, I think we had roughly 10 studies, uh, peer-reviewed studies that were submitted with this. So, man, not only we're hitting it from the constitutional perspective, but we're going at it that the damage is being done to kids and that these masks are completely useless and completely ineffective. And so, man, that was a great question. And again, I, I say this with all sincerity, your show was so helpful in over the last man two years, connecting some of these experts and many of the experts actually ended up being a part of our case and submit signed affidavits. Good. That's good stuff. We're honored to have played a role in that. Thank you, man. So, and that's good. I want I, so this is the thing for our audience. If we're going to ask them to support this, this is an opportunity in a test case in what should be a favorable federal district, um, in order to get into the record once and for all that these things don't work, and that there must be some form of lemon test or smell test or or, or efficacy test for government to meet some kind of threshold other than uh, see a need, hear a need, do a need. That, that's that's authoritarian and capricious. So I've got about a minute here, Jason. If people want to follow this or support it, how can they do it? Yes, uh, thank you, Steve. They can go to unmaskknoxcountykids.org, unmaskknoxcountykids.org. You hit the donate button, it's connected to Rev. That's the crowdfunding that we're doing to the, doing for this suit. Man, it's, I mean, it's probably gonna cost 100, 150 grand, but the Dillon Group has said, listen, we are prepared to take this to the Supreme Court if we don't get the ruling. And so this is a community-driven effort. Again, the mayor and I got it started. But if your viewers would be generous to donate a few dollars to unmaskknoxcountykids.org, it would make a difference in the ability for us to continue to push this forward, joining with our community. Because, man, now, whether it's in Tennessee, whether it's in Iowa, wherever, uh, in these conservative stalwarts that are being targeted by groups like Democracy Forward out of D.C. that's got multiple Clint people on the board, we got to band together Amen. and push back on Well done, Jason. Like I said, this is one of the rare efforts I've seen attacking them on the merits of their arguments uh, from an effectiveness standpoint. So that's why I think we should be interested in supporting it. Good to talk to you, brother. Take care. God bless. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. We'll come back with Hour 2 here in a moment. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network. 
lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Totters and he is Aaron McIntyre and you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Or follow us on Getter and Twitter at Steve Day Show. Get clips of the show for free and that are censorship free at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And then also uh, for you that listen to the podcast, thank you very much. If you have yet to do this, please leave us a five-star review if you like us. Uh, and then hit subscribe or follow. I have no idea how this helps us with the algorithms, even though I'm told that it does. But I do know that it helps us with our benevolent overlords here at The Blaze. They they do like to see that someone actually likes this program for a change. So we And we have very fragile egos, as you well know. So uh, we are not uh, beneath or shameless en- enough uh, to feel as if that we're, we should be better than fishing for compliments. We're not. Nope. No, we're openly fishing for compliments. Uh, in fact, I'm doing it right now. Please uh, affirm me. Thank you. Uh, thanks to all of you that have done those things for the show already. We appreciate each and every one. Let us get to fake news or not brought to you by Omega XL. You've got 360 places in your body from your neck down to your feet called joints. And these are crucial uh, for flexibility and activity. But as we get older, they uh, they get older with us, and then they also become pesky little receptors for what's called inflammation, and that allows that chronic pain, which sometimes manifests as a lingering soreness or achiness or dullness, uh, to take over and impact you, especially as we get older. Don't let it, uh, especially when there's an all-natural anti-inflammatory out there that is backed by several decades of clinical research and now going on two years of me using daily. It's called Omega XL and it's available for you right now if you want to try it or you want to try it again. Buy one, get one free. Buy one bottle, get your second one for free today. When you go to Omega XL, just like it sounds, OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. So... I want to somewhat amend fake news or not after the interview we just did with State Representative Jason Zachary in Knox County, Tennessee. Because one of the things we're going to share with you is much of what you and I, because I mean, I was a consumer for many, many years before I worked in this industry. I consumed this stuff. I listened to everybody. All day long, as much as the, I could at work. Rush, of course, was the godfather. But, dude, if I got Michael Reagan, G. Gordon Liddy, Mark Levin, I mean, I tried to listen to everybody I could. I bought the books. Um, before I got converted, I spent my Sunday mornings watching Pat Buchanan on, um, on the McLaughlin Group, which we now rip off every Friday on this show. <laughs> All right. I've told stories before. I'd come home from work at night, and unless there was a ball game or something on or a show that we wanted to watch, my mood was going to be determined by 
how I thought my side did watching all the cable news shows every night, man. All of them. Hannity and Combs, the O'Reilly factor, all of them. So before I got into this business, I was a consumer of its content. And unfortunately, we're going to show you that too much of this content in and of itself has become fake news. But I think before we go there, we have to ask ourselves, did the content become fake news? And we are now just figuring this out. Meaning that it, it devolved into a form of controlled opposition. Washington generals, if you will, they are set up to be losers. And we're just now figuring this out because at this urgent moment, culturally, these things and, and platforms are, are not with us. They're not up to the task, right? Are we, is this a new development or is it possible that we are fake news? And this content has only evolved accordingly because the customer's always right. We're controlled opposition. We're fake news. We're milk to we're milk toast, we're pablum. So it only makes sense, therefore, that we would be interested in content that, you know, feeds the feedback loop. Feedback loop, I should say, which, which is true. As I listen to this conver as I listen to the conversation I just had with State Representative Jason Zachary there in Knox County, Tennessee, I know you guys had a chance to hear it too. Did you detect the frustration in his voice with his own constituents? Yeah, yeah. Because Jason listens to the show on a regular basis. He had to know, therefore, by coming on here, that I was going to ask. Why are you guys complying with this? Right? I mean, yeah. he had to know I was going to ask this. Yeah. Right? Why why have you complied with this as a community for this long? What was he gonna do if you didn't? And correct me if I'm wrong, I want to make sure I heard him correctly. We did try to push back originally. We did try to not comply. Yeah. But then the then the system isolated our kids and stuff, and people just lost their zeal to comply or to to buy. And so I got the sense that him and the mayor, who's a former friggin' pro wrestler, wrestling isn't fake, guys. Pro wrestling's not fake. It's scripted, okay? But the idea that they're not risking serious injury and life and limb out there performing those stunts uh, at, at, at the speeds and with the body types that they have, it ain't fake, fake guys. There's all kinds of guys who's, who have, have suffered paralysis and everything else doing this for a living. It's It's scripted. But it's not fake. So you get a pro wrestling Hall of Famer for a mayor. You get a Steve Day show devotee for a state rep. And they're living in it. They're representing a community that's deep, deep, deep red. He gave us the whole gene yeah. political genealogy of this community, right? Yeah. He even updated its demographic. It's like he knew I was going to ask this. So he set the stage for we should have never been in a community that was in this position begging for legal counsel. It's like the the mayor and the and and their state rep was like lock and load. Hey, we get to we get to be the people that set the example for once. And they tried it 
And at the first sign of pushback, the community basically collapsed. Is that, if I'm being harsh, correct me, but that's how I heard, that's what I heard in that conversation. Yeah, more or less, more or less. So we thought our people would just stand up and say, uh, screw that noise. We're not, we're not doing that to our kids in Knox County, Tennessee. But then they isolated our kids and stuff. I, I can't tell you on the air. I can't. I can't tell you on the air what probably would have happened in any other previous generation of Knox County, Tennessee. If the public school attempted to isolate those somebody's kids and choke them out with a face diaper. I can't tell you on the air what would have happened. But you know, you all know what would have happened. But now there was a little bit of pushback. So now we got to go the long route. We got to fight them on their turf in the legal system. Because even our people in Knox County, Tennessee, need a permission slip to be Tennesseans. Need a permission slip from the courts and the judges to be Americans, right? Yes. That's essentially what I heard. Am I hearing that wrong? Tell me if I am. Am no. I? I don't want to be too harsh here. Well, you know what my first reaction is right after the segment got done. You're absolutely right. So there's this poll out today that that we're making a lot of clickbait out of on the, on the right. And it's the poll that if we suffered a Ukrainian-like invasion, would you stay and fight? And a majority of Republicans and independents said yes, and a majority of Democrats said they would flee. I'm calling total BS on that poll. Total BS. Because I just listened to a state rep from Knox County, Tennessee, one of the reddest counties and one of the reddest states in the union, talk about they did they got invaded by one federal judge and people ran. So now they gotta to run to the courts and fight him on his turf to get relief. Yeah, I'm gonna call BS on that. I'm not I'm not buying just like I told you last year I wasn't buying the the Rogan bro dude talking about civil war man as he masked up his toddler as he masked up little Janie in her princess get up to go into Costco yeah I'm kind of thinking you know I don't know but I'm I'm kind of thinking that if you won't defy Costco or a school district you might not be much in a fight against the Visigoths. Discuss, gentlemen. Yeah, I got in, uh, as you know, and we documented on the show, Yeah, I got in arguments at a pizza restaurant last Lent. Uh, last summer, got in an argument with a deacon at a church about this stuff. And I've gone to my school board, talked them uh, off of uh, last last spring. Last spring, the last three, four weeks of school, no masks. Not even wait until the end of the year. This, and I'm one, again one guy. And here, the most. And gosh, do you remember, Steve, when we were uh, not with the Blaze yet? When we were with Conservative Review, mm-hmm. and. I used to meander about, you know, what what does that word mean anymore? And you said online, it, it, and it's a it was a great punchline. Well, it better mean something because it's on the actual place that we work for. 
But, you know, what, honestly, I have to, like, what does that mean? If when it comes down to hazing your child, which is what this, at this point in the game here, your child is just being hazed by the system. They're just being taunted. They are being bullied by the system. And your conservative default is, I, I, I just, I like the teachers, you know, they're basically good people, we'll lose funding, whatever your excuse is. Most the excuse you know is probably there is you're one way or the other, you're protecting your comfort. Whatever you think you have, and you're defaulting to nope. This is the This is the land of freedom, kid. This is the cost of freedom. Mask up. I, I that word is utterly meaningless. Pound for pound, is there any more? Is there another county that's more conservative than this, based on the numbers, Steve, that he cited? I mean, is that? Oh, I'm sure that there are, but it, it's in the top five percent, right? Isn't I'm, it? I'm sure that I'm sure. Well, you look at places like West Virginia, where Democrats don't even win a precinct, but I mean, their their governor was a was a a poison uh, a salesman. He was the he was the seller of the Pfizer poison. Okay, so I mean, I, I mean. <laughs> I, I can tell you in our own state right now, there is will in our legislature for the first time to actually institute the education reform that would cripple and destroy teachers unions. And that is that, and that is funding going mm-hmm. with the student at the building level, whichever building you choose for it to go. I mean, 15 years ago when I was a lo- just starting in local activism here in Iowa and I suggested we follow oh, that I plan, know. they told me I was nuts. And now they actually have the votes to do it. It's our rural districts that don't want to do it because they don't want to lose their identity as, well, kids will go to better schools and we won't be as good as high school sports. And I'm like, you understand that you're that you, this is the one shot you may have to cut off the supply lane of Satan's youth ministry and all of these urban centers that are crushing us as a people. But, you know, hey, it's a big deal to have a high school football game sold out in BFE on a Friday night. So uh, America be damned. See, I, I, I kind of don't think we would stay and fight. We wouldn't fight for the last 24 months. So I, I, I don't... I kind of think that if you can't stand up to Albert that you gave the swirlies to when you were in high school together there at Knox County with his Skolnick pocket protector superintendent for I I, kind of think that when the fourth battalion of the Red Army from uh, Beijing shows up. You might not be that. See, uh, you might not that, be relied upon. Just going to throw that out. On there. that note, I just received an email from the future. This is dated uh, twenty thirty. Uh, it actually came to my inbox. I thought I was think it was meant for you, uh, dear Steve. I started listening to your show at the beginning of the Chinese invasion. Uh, love your take on politics and culture. Um, unfortunately. Uh, in recent weeks, the Chinese army has taken up residence in our neighborhood. Uh, they have a gun pointed at our house at all times. Um, they said that uh, we are only allowed to leave the house uh, if there's a medical emergency and they bring the food to us. Um, I'm not sure what to do. We still have our guns. They have not taken them yet. Uh, any ideas would be appreciated. Please don't na- read my name on the air. <laughs> 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 that is Please. in the history of this show 
maybe the snottiest moment in the history of this show. And I don't I, I hope you understand what kind of a compliment I just gave you. Okay. Yeah. That dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Which is a good segue to this story that I am proud we did over at the Blaze over the weekend. Uh, this is written by our colleague, Chris Pandolfo, free, uh, frequent overtime panelist. The federal government paid hundreds of media companies to advertise the COVID-19 jabs while those same outlets provided positive coverage of them. I'm just going to read this to you, and then I'll let you guys react. In response to a Freedom of Information Action request filed by The Blaze, the Department of Health and Human Services revealed that it purchased advertising from major news networks, including ABC, CBS, and NBC, as well as cable TV news stations, Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC, legacy media companies like the New York Post, the Los Angeles Times, and the Washington Post, digital media companies like BuzzFeed News and Newsmax. Have you noticed that a lot of these are, are entities that claim to be on the opposite side yeah. of the issue of the of the divide, right? Uh, digital media companies like BuzzFeed News and Newsmax, and hundreds of local newspapers and TV stations. Uh, we, my understanding is we're coming out with that list too. We just haven't come out with it yet, but we are compiling that list of local media as well. Uh, those outlets were collectively responsible for publishing countless articles and video segments regarding the COVID not a vaccine that were nearly uniformly positive about it in terms of both efficacy and safety. Hundreds of news organizations were paid by the federal government to advertise for the not a vaccine as part of a, quote, comprehensive media campaign, according to documents obtained by the blaze from the Department of HHS, the Biden administration purchased ads on TV, radio, and in print, and on social media to build jab confidence, timing this effort with the increasing availability of the jabs. The government also relied on earned media featuring, quote-unquote, influencers from communities hit hard by COVID-19 and experts like White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci and other academics to be interviewed and promote jab in the, jabs in the news. Though virtually all of these newsrooms produced stories covering the jabs, the taxpayer dollars flowed to their companies were not disclosed to audiences in news reports, since common practice dictates that editorial teams operate independently of media advertising departments and news teams felt no need to make this disclosure, as some publications reached for comment explained. The Biden administration engaged in a massive campaign to educate the public and promote the jab that isn't a vaccine as the best way to prevent serious illness or death from COVID-19. Congress appropriated a billion dollars in fiscal year 2021 for the Secretary of Health to spend on activities to, quote, strengthen the not a vaccine confidence in the United States. Federal law authorizes HHS to act through the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and other agencies to award contracts to public and private entities to, quote, carry out a national evidence-based campaign Pardon me, to increase awareness and the knowledge of the safety and effectiveness of vaccines for the prevention and control of diseases. But since this one doesn't prevent the disease, it's not one. Anyone who has spent time reading the news, watching TV news coverage, or browsing social media in the past year has more than likely been exposed to the government's advertising. HHS posted ads to YouTube have been built, have been viewed millions of times with commercials fe- featuring celebrities like Elton John and Michael Caine. They've been the subject of news co- coverage. Um, 
Fear-based vaccine ads from HHS featuring survivor stories from corona patients who were hospitalized in intensive care units were covered by CNN and discussed on ABC's The View when they were unveiled last October, meaning they were discussing ad campaigns as if they were news. Though the federal government was paying each of these companies and others for pro-jab advertising, while news reports covered the same jabs, many editorial boards say they have firewall policies that prevent advertisers from influencing the news coverage. It's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence that all of their coverage was in line with the promotional materials they were being paid millions of dollars for. We've got BS statements here from the Washington Post and the LA Times that no one with an IQ above 48 will believe. Uh, then the, then it says the Blaze reached out to several other publications that either declined to comment or did not respond before publication. Here's one. An October article from BuzzFeed News featuring the essential facts about who is eligible for a COVID-19 booster shot, for example, reported pro-vaccine statements from Rochelle Walensky, Peter Marks, Xavier Bacara, and University of California, San Francisco epidemiologist George Rutherford. The article stressed how the studies show the boosters work and cited FDA data that suggests getting a booster shot can reestablish strong protection against the virus. BuzzFeed News advised everyone age 65 or older, people with health conditions that put them at high risk of severe illness for COVID, like healthcare workers who are at risk, should, in accordance with guidance from the CDC, get the jab. Did we have any data in October of 2021 that showed that boosters were failing and didn't work? We do, and we did, because I shared it with you at the time. So... The article closes with this. HHS has not yet revealed exactly how much advertising money was spent on each media platform. So we won't, we won't get any, we won't make any friends doing this. And, And frankly, if you want to really know why Emerald Robinson was fired at Newsmax, in my opinion, this is why. Yep. This is, this is, this story tells you why. Because internally, I can tell you for a fact, they were trying to get her to stop being critical of the jab, and she wouldn't. So this is really why she got canned there. Can I just say, you're so on target. With every word that Steve says from now until he stops talking about this, think of yesterday, the end of the show of the Dell Big Tree segment. Think of the uncomfortable look on the guy's face when he was being grilled by, what's the woman's name? Oh, um... Tess Laurie. Tess Laurie was yeah. grilling the guy, Adam, or whatever his name. Think of how he was uncomfortable when he got caught because that guy is everywhere. That's what Steve is talking about. Don't let that guy, that image of him being caught red-handed, get out of your mind while Steve says everything he's about to say. We have to decide here. Are we fake news Or are we going to tolerate it? And I'm not talking about from corporate media. I'm not doing a show from 2003. Are we fake news? Where the political class in Knox County, Tennessee is ready to go to war and let's have a little, let's have a little, let's have a little lesson on interposition. 
and the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Let's teach a little old school history here in Knox County, Tennessee, but the people are like, oh no, they isolated my kid. The person who isolated your kid is the one who ought to be afraid, sir. You know what I'm saying. And in every previous generation in a place like Knox County, Tennessee, they would be, which is why they wouldn't have dared done it. So are we fake news? And really, companies that are imposing jab mandates on their employees like Fox, like Newsmax, we, we tolerate and support them and give them all of our business because that's who we are. We're fake news. Or are we going to tolerate their fake news? It's one or the other. Either we are fake news as their customers, their consumers, or their fake news, and we're not tolerating it anymore. But it's one or the other. Is, is there another option? So either, either they have evolved along the line or devolved along the lines of the ways we have as their consumer base, or we're letting them get away with misleading and deceiving us. Which one is it? Well, Aaron, go ahead. I went first last time. I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point. I guess you can look at it from a couple of perspectives. Again, this country is so balkanized that, you know, there are pockets where just the culture was um, aligned in the way of, of liberty and, and freedom and, and sanity. Our state is one of them. Now, is that chicken or the egg? Is it because the people demanded it, or is it because it just so happened that they were represented by people who were not going to let it get to the level of California or even Texas or New York? I, I don't know. I'd like to think it's because of the people. But then you have examples like what we're just talking about in Tennessee, where it's, you know, you've got the people representing you that you would want to have anywhere, in any red state or any red pocket— and yet there is still this pervasive fear. Though they agree, I would assume so, most of the people agree uh, with people like us uh, rhetorically. Is the action there necessary to really turn the screws back on those who are trying to turn the screws on you? Until I'm proven otherwise, and I'm not really sure what to look for as far as signs to prove me wrong, but until I'm proven otherwise... I think it's where the fake news um, right now. And I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure at the end of the day what would what would be an indication that that's not the case unless it's just unenforceable. Laws are only enforceable as long as you as long as you let them be enforceable. Mm -hmm. Supreme Court or court blogs are only enforceable. As you said, a prison of our own minds. I'm not really sure how you break out of that except for by spiritual awakening because that's the foundation. That's the foundation of what we're talking about here. The foundation of of action. Of action that is um that goes beyond our our mundane daily action with a purpose. The foundation of that is is a person's spiritual health. Now, the left, they're full of action. 
and I'll wrap that up. They're full of action because their faith in their God is strong. And so you see that everywhere. We're just going to go see what happens. See what happens in Knox County, Tennessee. We're just going to go pick on those people. That's how they live because they're totally and utterly committed to their yeah. faith. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's both, but it's mostly us. And this does, Steve, you nailed it when you connected to what I've said in the past during the election, the choosing of Trump instead of Cruz to roll tide evangelicalism. At the end of the day, I mean, is there? St- yeah, we've had our frustrations uh, with Ted Cruz, but I'm, you know, I, I would absolutely have rather have seen the presidency of Ted Cruz than of Donald Trump. And the country chose otherwise uh, for the reasons we are here talking about today. They ultimately wanted, and, and they gave up on a system. And Ted Cruz just kind of was a victim of that. But still, he was the best we had put forward in more than a generation since Reagan. And we decided we'd rather have the show. And that's what we were conditioned to do by, let's face it, the industry we all work in. Our industry way too often wants the show. It wants the clicks, yo. So, but we we felt, we, we, we cannot just, we don't do victimology here on the show. We can't start now. Ultimately, is it, a, it is about us. And we are the ones who flipped the switch on this one. I've said enough. More in a moment. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. Don't blame us. He went to public school. This is Steve Dace. So I went down to Disney uh, on a family vacation last week. We had a blast. Was it last week? Yeah, it was last week. And we had a blast. And it was scalding hot, especially compared to what life was like that we left here in Iowa. And I told you, man, I was going to put sweat block to the test and I, I saved the sweat block deodorant for the special occasions. And being in 80 degree warmer weather than I was accustomed to <laughs> in front of tens of thousands of people shoulder to shoulder for hours upon hours for two days was going to be one of those occasions. And my goodness, did the sweat block do the job again. Sweat block deodorant is fantastic uh, for that excessive sweating that uh, you want to do something about. Uh, I even used uh, the deodorant lotions, took those with me for some of the uh, more, uh, shall we call them, uh, sensitive areas that can get a little swampy, did the job there too. And it's just a fantastic product, man. And I have, believe me, I put it to the test. You can now do the same and get 20% off when you do. All right, and you can get that when you go to sweatblock.com. Uh, use the promo code DACE. Get 20% off. You can use their wipes. Maybe you got a big event, you know, a job interview, a first date, and you're worried about nerves and, and pitting out. Uh, their, their original product, their wipes, can help you with that. All right, so many great products. They all work. I've tried several of them myself. Sweatblock.com, promo code DACE to get 20% off. 
just like it sounds, at sweatblock.com. So I am calling a bit of an audible for Pop Culture Tuesday. I had intended to do a review of The Batman, but I'm going to give you guys a little bit more time to see it. I want to see it again, and I want more of the audience to get a chance to see it before we have a conversation that probably can't avoid spoilers you know, completely if we're going to give it an honest review. Plus, I wanted us to discuss this. This is an article published just two days ago by MovieWeb. Right? This is a, a big-time mainstream movie blog. And the headline is, These were some of the most controversial movies ever made. And it's got a list of what it calls the six most controversial movies ever made. Okay? And if there was ever an article on movies for us to discuss on Pop Culture Tuesday, the intersection between pop culture and conservatism, I promise you this one is it. Okay? Um, and wait until you see what number one is. It's going to blow your minds when you see what number one is. All right? Okay. Number six on the list is something called Fritz the Cat. Uh, It came out in 1972, um, and it essentially was the only X-rated animated film back when they still did the MPAA, the Motion Picture Board, had an official X rating. It wasn't just used by porn companies, you know, to... Uh, from a marketing standpoint, but you could get an official X rating, I believe. Um, what's the John Voight, Dustin Hoffman film is the only oh, X rated Cow- urban, urban cowboy. That's the only officially X rated film to ever win best picture or be nominated for it. One of the two. Um, so, so, so X- they don't even exist anymore. It's not NR no, 17 or whatever. NC 17 is the new X. I see. Yeah. They got rid of X. And they got they got rid of it because the porn companies just totally co-opted it yeah. for their branding, sure. and they and they came up with NC seventeen about twenty five years ago and and dumped the X rating. Okay, but uh, Fritz the Cat was the only X rated animated film, or the first X rated animated film in American history. I've never even heard of this movie, uh, and it uh, it's apparently loaded with graphic violence. Uh, sex and drug use. All right. And so the fact that this was done for an animated film is why it's number six on this list. Okay. Have you heard of that? I've never I heard, had of, heard it. of it. You had. Okay. I had. I'd never heard of Fritz the Cat until I read this article. All right. Number five, which will probably surprise very few, is Shades of or, or Fifty Shades of Grey is number five. All right. For obvious reasons that I, I think we could probably all guess why that's on this list. Right. You seem no. actually skeptical. I'm not. Gosh, it just. I mean, we're 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 trying to BDSM we, we or whatever it. that is now. BDSM just seems like so tame compared yeah. to uh, Kentucky uh, sex ed. It camp. is. It is now. That's, right. that's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I just it, read about sex summer camp. And I wonder if Fritz the cat just looks like you know Family Guy with nudity. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay, yeah. um, but. You have to look at this in the context of the times in which these things that, were released. That's about 10, is that 10 years ago Yeah, now? it's about 10 years ago now. Okay. And, and I think for a lot of people, 
You know, I mean, I, you and I, we grew up in the porn generation, man. I thought I'd, I'd seen and heard a lot. I didn't know anything about BDSM or anything at all until I saw a bunch of um, suburban white women, you know, hunkered down at the display for this book every time I went into a Barnes and Noble for a year, right? Okay. okay? So, uh, but I, I think it's fair that at the time this came out, a mainstream Hollywood film about the kink lifestyle and BDSM was controversial that it was a mainstream film. I'm, I'm fine with it being on the list. Okay. All right. Number four on the list is a clockwork orange. Um, the original film was given an explicit X rating at the time. Uh, and then Kubrick dialed it down uh, a little bit in order for it to be given an R rating. Uh, I, I've tried watching this a couple times and I just think it's total trash. I mean, I, I think the movie is complete. Just in, just in terms of the movie itself, regardless of the content or subject matter, I mean, I, I just think the movie is complete what is trash. About? It's about a group of um, of basically British Hellraisers. Okay. Okay. Um, and one of them, Malcolm McDowell. Is, Malcolm, this was kind of his yeah. star-making role. Yeah. Uh, was was his role in this film? All right. And basically the film is, um, it, it, the, Kubrick said that the film was intended to point out that society cannot make someone a moral person. Okay. And that if you, if these people, if this group of Hellraisers live completely contrarian to societal morals, that polite society cannot bring them back, you know, from into the mainstream. I, I basically was kind of how he described it in an interview I read many, many years ago about what the movie is supposed to be about, okay? But, I mean, there's a infamous rape scene in the film and all kinds of stuff. The movie's just vile, and it's also not that good. I think it's an overrated piece of cinema, even though it always shows up in every top 100 of all time film list. I saw this in high school because it was, like, the forbidden thing that the high school kid has got to go find and see, and I... I remember thinking, wow, this is all pretty darn weird, and I haven't seen it since. Okay. Number three on the list is a movie I've heard of, but I've not yet seen. It came out just a few years ago. Uh, it's called Me Before You. And um, when you watch the trailer to this film, it's got the gal who plays the dragon queen in Game of Thrones. Okay. And she's the love interest in the solo movie. Oh, Khaleesi? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's got her in it. And and you think when you watch the trailer, Amelia Clark, that's her name. Yeah. You think when you watch the trailer that the movie is really a touching story about how this beautiful woman falls in love with a disabled man at the end of his life. Well, what you what happens when you go see the movie is you realize that you have been, um, uh, you have been deceived. This is a, uh, um, it's a bait and switch because uh, the movie is really a glorification of assisted suicide. And her act of devotion and love is to go ahead and put him out of his mis misery so he doesn't suffer anymore. Well, that's also Clint Eastwood movie, yeah. there, the one yeah. with the boxer. What's, yep. Um, yep. Million, uh, no. yeah, million Dollar, dollar Baby. baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so that's number three on the list because of the controversy around assisted suicide. You guys okay with that or not? Sure. Okay. Okay. But of all time, wow. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't wait to get to number one. Okay. All right. Number two is the movie that has um, Netflix in federal court, in foreign courts. It's this cuties movie. 
the French film, it follows um, uh, preteen girls, uh, and it was heavily sex- or criticized for the sexualization of children, that it was essentially pedophilia or pederasty. You guys remember this controversy, which is mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of years about this movie, all right? Right. So that's number two on the list. I'm totally fine with, obviously, with particularly when we're talking about children, that subject matter being on the list, right? I mean, that, this is still being adjudicated right now, this 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 movie is. Okay. Okay. Are you guys ready for number one on this list? Okay, I'm excited. This, this is going to blow you away, what number one on this list is. Should we guess what it is? You guys want to take a guess? Well, based on the list so far, what about the gay cowboy movie, what, Brokeback Mountain? Brokeback Mountain, that's a good guess. Yeah, there was a huge controversy about that. It's a great guess, actually. I think it's either passion or unplanned. Yeah, passion, I could see this end up being it. Aaron, you have nailed it. Unplanned was number one. (laughs) The number one most controversial movie of all Biggest compliment ever. And, And so I mentioned that a friend of mine sent this to me. The friend of mine who sent this to me is Chris Jones, who is... One of the mucky mucks over at Believe Entertainment that's producing our nefarious film, mm-hmm. and this was their previous movie was Unplanned, and he sent this to me, and that is exactly what I wrote back to him. Do you know how big of a compliment this is? You can't ask, you can't put a price tag on affirmation like Get, this. While we have time, what's their reasoning for why this is the most controversial? Okay, I'm just going to read. It's two paragraphs. Yeah, I'll, I'll read yeah. why Movie Web says it's the most controversial film of all time. Okay. Unplanned is based on the story of former Planned Parenthood abortion clinic director Abby Johnson and her journey that led her to become a pro-life activist. Abby believed in a woman's right to choose and had two abortions herself. As one of the youngest people to ever earn the title of Planned Parenthood clinic director, she strived to help women make the best choices for their lives by offering support and counseling. However, after assisting with an ultrasound-guided suction abortion, everything she thought she knew changed. Abby quit her job to become a pro-life activist speaking out against what she witnessed. As abortion is one of America's hottest topics, the film sparked conversations from advocates on both sides of the issue and was extremely divisive. Canadian theaters refused to show it. Most TV networks refused to run, run uh, to air ads for it. The pro-life community pra- praised the film. Quote, Unplanned's extremely well-made. It's a movie that anyone can watch and be caught up uh, no matter what their point of view. It's structured so powerfully that by the end, it brings a torrent of tears. It's a very hard movie to tell people that they should watch, end quote. Meanwhile, the mainstream media bashed it. Quote, Unplanned isn't a good movie, but it is effective propaganda, or at least it is if you belong to the group it's targeting, those who believe that abortion in America, though a legal right, is really a crime, end quote. All true. Um, I mean, hey, great. Great publicity. I don't even, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're always up to our eyeballs in all of this. All time just seems beyond my grasp, but it absolutely was controversial in its time. It That's undeniable. It um, poked all the right people in all the right places. So I, I'm not going to argue. Of course, it's the most controversial movie to leftist Hollywood. It's the number one the number one sacrament of the left is abortion. Every other every other cultural ale in this country stems from abortion. Of course it's controversial. The reason it's controversial because it's honest. Okay. I'll never forget uh one of the opening scenes 
I believe it was one of the opening scenes. It might, it might have been the opening scene. It seems like every other Christian movie got a nice kind of happy soundtrack. I believe, you know, uh, Abby is getting ready to go to her job. Yes, yes, yep. And then just like that, here's what abortion actually is. Of course, that's going to be controversial to to the spirit of the age. Just to give you guys, just to reinforce this, by the way, one of the leading trending stories right now at movieweb.com is, quote, best LGBTQ plus movies about women ranked. So these are some of the best feminist comedy movies. I'll take oxymorons for $1,000, <laughs> Alex. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, this is, these are not our people, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. But what a, what a tremendous compliment that is. That's what I keep wrestling with. And it, it absolutely is. But as we know, their, their tendency is when things go away, they like to keep them away. So why resurrect this Yeah, one? that's what I'm sorry. If, if yeah. it seems like I'm like a little disconnected from this, I'm just like, why? Why do they want to anoint this like this, this way? When, as we said, there's been... I don't think this is for everybody else. If you're not addicted to this as a cultish member, sure, you would not automatically. I think we all agree, right? Yeah. You would not just say, obviously, it's unplanned. Yeah. They're resurrecting it. Yeah. Hmm. I, t- I find that amazing. You hit the mark. You hit the mark. Yeah. In these unprecedented times. Bing. Make sure you go into the real estate market with an agent that you can trust to help navigate you through what can be a very stressful process. One who has a fully vetted and proven track record of success. Uh, the kind of person you didn't, you'd recommend to other people uh, after they, you got done uh, with their services. Where would you just, where would you find just such an agent? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head over to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's a Company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates because they ran into real estate agents they couldn't trust. So they started this referral service. It really just kind of started kind of a grassroots thing in our own audience here at The Blaze and just kind of ballooned from there. All right. So just about anywhere you want to move to or from, we can help you find one of these uh, at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. Any final thoughts here in our final minute? I think breaking kind of pop culture, Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks quarterback. Did you guys see this? No. He's heading to the Denver Broncos. Wow. It's been confirmed. Pending wow. physical. I mean, because Pete Carroll was adamant just a couple weeks ago. We're not trading him. Yeah. No way we're trading him. Wow. I haven't seen what the terms are, but. That division, man. That's yeah. Cool. Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. It's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous division. You could be a really good football team and go nine and eight mm-hmm. playing those teams, all those quarterbacks twice. I mean, that division is like the old AFC West and uh, when we were kids or the NFC East when we were kids. Sure. I mean, that is a loaded division. Wow, that, that is some big pop culture news, no doubt. All right, we will be back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. listening to Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.